Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tennessee is victorious in the Citrus Bowl. 35 to nothing over Iowa. This is Eric Kane, Brent Hubs, and Austin Price. It is your post-game mini-pod, but also... It's going to be your VolQuest podcast. One of the big thanks to Exterior Home Solutions for allowing us to do this coverage. Local trusted since 1999. That is Exterior Home Solutions. Boys, um, I think we thought that Tennessee needed to score enough because we didn't think Iowa was going to score an awful lot. Turns out Tennessee got two touchdowns in the second quarter, set up with a short field there to begin the third, had a touchdown, had a pick six from James Pierce, and then one there in the final fourth quarter. There was plenty of offense in a game where there was a lot of sacks, a lot of punts, but more than anything, this is just a total domination by Tennessee, Austin. Yeah, Tennessee, you know, you knew coming in Iowa was 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 a struggle bus. And I, I said this the whole month. This is a lose-lose for the defense. If they don't do anything, you go, well, it's Iowa. And if Iowa actually does do something, everybody goes, it's Iowa. You know, so, I mean, like, you went out and you did what you were supposed to do. Like the, Brent said this on the two-minute drill. It's so right. After the shank punt by Jackson Ross that gave Iowa the ball at the 45, they get a couple of first downs there in position inside the five, raise score a touchdown, Brent, and Andre Turntine steps up. Now, the quarterback made an awful throw, but Turntine steps up with an interception. From that point, Iowa just had nothing. And, and you could feel like it, it was deflating to them. And they come up with zero points. And, you know, do you realize they've not, they've not scored a touchdown since the second quarter of the Nebraska game, which was their last game of the regular season? So 10 quarters on that. They've not scored a point in eight. Yeah, I mean, they, listen, they, they're, they're a best offensively, okay? I mean, I, I mean they just are. Yeah. Um, quarterback's not very good. Uh, not trying to be mean to Deacon Hill, but he's late getting his head around on bootlegs and, I mean, the sack he took that Tyree West had for about 18 yards. <laughs> I could have like, chased him down. I, I mean, well, you're outside a tackle box. Just throw the ball away. And that was on first down, Yeah, too, I mean, so. just – so, uh, listen, I, Austin's right. The defense was not in a, win, in a win-win deal here. It was a lose – it was basically a lose-lose. I mean, if, if they – you know, nobody is sitting here going, hey, this defense is suddenly great now, right? Like, they've got it all fixed. And there, there's plenty of things that this defense has to work on. Um, but – you did what you had to do. You play the opponent in front of you. Turrentine steps in front, makes a good play. He's stumbling, really good concentration, good hands, big play in the game there. And it really, I mean, Tennessee from that point on, um, I mean, if you take out the backup quarterback who had never played before, that they let him run it like <laughs> yeah. five times. On fourth I mean, and 15. You know, they let him scramble around. If you take that out, they don't rush for 50 yards in yeah. the game. And so, um, solid, you know, solid day by the defense, did what you needed to do. Um, my biggest takeaway is just how clean this game was played on on the offensive side of the ball from a management standpoint. We'll get to pass protection. But you didn't burn a timeout because you were getting ready to have a delay game penalty. You didn't burn a timeout because receivers were looking at the quarterback going, what are we doing? You know, I, I mean, it was one of those deals. The, the, the mechanics and the operation of it, uh, was really good for a, for a first year first time starter. We listen. 
we watched the Oklahoma game. I think Jackson Arnold's got a lot of talent, right? Yep. But but he he was I mean he threw it all. Lo- I mean he was lost in the first quarter. Yep. Now he came back and did some things, but but it was too fast for him. Nothing about this game and this win was too fast for for Nico, which is a great foundation point for this offense and for Nico moving forward. Yeah, let's let's not bury the lead here. Let's talk Nico, and we'll, sure. we'll hit on everything else. Austin, I, as Bryn just pointed out, I, I thought nothing was too big for him. I loved his – he's just got – and we knew this coming in over the, the little bit that we saw. He has just got great awareness in the pocket. There was a couple of times you wanted to get the ball out a little bit quicker, but he kind of knew where people were. He knew where to step up. He knew where to t- tuck and run. Through the air, didn't have to do an awful lot, but – you know, he had one bad throw, but you know, behind a receiver over the middle. But you know, I didn't think that he was awful through the air. He just didn't have to do an awful lot because Tennessee could run the football. Um, Tennessee had two penalties on its first possession, wasn't on Nico. Three penalties overall in the football game, really, really good. And those two back-to-back, you know, touchdown leading drives in the second quarter where Tennessee really took control of the football game was huge. Long sustaining drives, couple passes, nice running. I was really impressed with how Nico performed today, obviously, four total touchdowns. But as Brent said, managed the offense, looked in control. And again, I understand Iowa played in in, in a crappy division, but you gave up less than two touchdowns per game and Nico didn't, wasn't phased by anything with that defense today. No. And, and, you know, three total penalties, two of them were basically back to back with the holding penalty and then the, the, uh, Foster on Cooper. Um, you know, this this was a uh, a young man who again you go back to high school you go back to the way he handled himself at the Polynesian Bowl um, the moment's never too big it's just not it's like the kid I don't want to compare him to LeBron James because I think that's not fair um, but you like, think? You know, well but, no, you, but what I'm saying though is <laughs> well, my, my, my correlation no 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 my correlation though is LeBron walked in with the weight of the world on him. And all he did was perform, right? Yeah. It never was too big for him. Nico walked in with the weight of the world on him. I mean, he walks in the door. I mean, ever since he got here in November of 2021 for the Vanderbilt game, every time he came to campus, it was a thing, right? Like, I mean, at the basketball game, you know, two months later, they're, three months later, they're chanting his name. And, you know, um, he commits in, in March of that year and in, in 22 and, Every time he comes in town, he's out on the lake and he's surrounded by people. And he's, you know, at the ice cream shop down on Gay Street and he's surrounded by people. I mean, like, and he just kind of rolls with it. Like, you know, like it's, you know, and he's he's most humble, nice kid. You know, I mean, I, I've been around a lot of kids in 20 years and Hubs has done doing it longer than I have. And, you know, there's a lot of great kids, don't get me wrong. But, but you know, to have the spotlight on him, the way he's had it on him, the way he handles himself. It just it, to me, like it, it makes him the ultimate teammate, Brent. Like, I mean, yeah, he, he, he was the MVP. I sat there and listened to his teammates, and he was trying to give them the MVP trophy. And they were like, "No, no, it's yours. You earned it. You earned it." Now, all all seriousness aside, I voted for James Pierce for the MVP because he turned the game. Sure. It, it was oh, never in, really in doubt, but in a seven play stretch, as you said, he flipped the thing around. But I mean, like Nico just just handled himself just so cool, calm, and collected. Can you imagine what it's like? And we, we talked about this on the two-minute drill, too. When you get to Norman, Oklahoma, when you're playing in Charlotte in a neutral site game against NC State, when you're playing in Arkansas, you know, to begin next year. Because, I mean, that's going to be the start of the 
season, really. Three massive games in either a neutral side or on the road. I just don't think it's going to phase him. Well, and I think that is the – I think, Eric, that's the that's the takeaway from me. There's a lot – I mean, look, you can go back and watch. There's some receivers he missed. There's some throws he wishes – I'm sure, sure he wished had. There's lots of those things. But but the, the takeaway here, and we joked about it, you know, it was either going to be boom or bust, right? Heisman campaign or whatever. And, and it's really not any of that. The takeaway for me is the baseline of this – the talent is very evident and very clear. The mental makeup appears to be really – really good and a great foundation to really build and grow from this game into this offseason, into spring practice, fall camp, and into next season. What does it equate to? What does it mean on the field? He's got to have plenty of help develop around him and all those things. But what we've seen is you can't win in football without good quarterback play. You just can't. I don't care where you're at. Okay, Even, even these teams in the NFL that are playing backups, right, they're, the ones that are winning are getting good quarterback play, right? I mean, the, the, the Packers are in a position to get in the playoff because of what Jordan Love has become this year. My point is, you can't win without good quarterback play. Tennessee has the potential to have some really good quarterback play with this guy moving forward. Well, and good quarterback play cures a lot of ills. Mm-hmm. It cures a lot of ills. Now, you got to protect the quarterback to make sure he's in the game to cure a lot of those ills. <clears throat> Which you know they didn't do a fantastic job. No, they did an today. awful job. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, let's just be. Weird. I was I mean, trying to put lipstick on. No, the six sacks yeah. in this football game. I thought um, now Tennessee had five sacks on the other side, but six sacks for Iowa. I thought Tennessee's tackles. You know, Tennessee ran for two thirty-two. I thought the tackles is where they really were were bad. I, I was going to say I thought Tennessee's tackles, whether it was Davis, whether it was Mincy, whether it was uh, Crawford or whoever, just not good. Um, of course, the interior at points and times was not good either, but. Brent, I thought the I thought the tackle struggled. Yeah, I thought they. I mean, my my surprise was they, they missed a couple of, pa- of of running back pass pros. Yeah, and I don't know exactly what the call was, so I, I, it's hard for me to say. But there was there there was one sack that the the middle linebacker got, and like if the guy's coming in the hole as a running back, yeah. you you, you gotta be, step up. You either got to not touch him and get out for to be the free release, or you got to square up and hit the guy. You're not chipping there or or, or, or touching him and then sliding out. But when they rushed four, particularly early in the game, Iowa got home way too frequently off the edge. Um, and, and I think they have some solid players. I don't know that they have elite pass rushers off the edge. Okay? I mean, they, they, don't, they don't have a lot of guys that are going to translate to playing Saturdays in the SEC off the edge from a mm-hmm. speed standpoint. That, that has to be addressed, whether that's development, whether that's personnel, Whatever the case may be, they have got to improve that m- moving forward. I do think Tennessee wanted to take some shots. I think there was an opportunity Tennessee might have been able to take some better shots, deeper shots down the field. But it became very clear you weren't going to be able to protect well enough to take those shots other than the one that they took to Keaton. And that was after the run game had hit them yeah. at, for, for four or five plays. So th- those tackles have to improve dramatically. I was going to say, and you know, those tackles, Gerald Mincy, um, you know, Dane Davis could be a big role for you in 2024. So obviously they got to get a whole lot better. I will say this, you know, pass blocking not great, Austin. Run blocking was great. 232, Tennessee hits its season average essentially a little bit over. Um, quarterback design runs. You had the draw for the first touchdown. Good block by Dylan Sampson. That was a good play. You had the quarterback sweep essentially for the second touchdown. Um, 
you know, I thought run blocking there was a lot to like. And uh, obviously Nico using his legs, not just scrambling, but using his legs in the design run was a big part of this football game. Yeah, again, I liked what they did. They got under center and short yardage a few times. I like that. I, you know, they had a lead blocker. I mean, you know, I, I liked a lot of what they did in the running game. I, I love what Cam Seldon brings. A, again, still runs a little too high on the fourth down. Like, you know, tiptoed in there. You got to go. In there. You got to go. Hey, but you know what? That's his first real game. That's action. right. Yeah. I mean, if you told me going in, he's going to do what he did today. I, you know, and I kind of had high hopes. Again, Jerry Mack, very. Very big fan of, of Cam Seldon. But, like, you can build on that. I mean, heading into next year, I mean, he gets a whole other spring. I mean, like, I, I think you should be excited about that. And then, again, I think Peyton Lewis is going to be a guy that people are talking about in spring practice. So that running back position, along with Dylan Sampson, you know, I think it's you know, easy to kind of get excited about, about that group, you know. And, you know, the offensive line, you know, should be a little more complete. Sprags will be back. You know, John Campbell should be back. Um, you know, should have a have a have a different feel. Now again, since we're sitting here talking, you know, being interested to see in the next four days. That's now, right. Any of these kids that have transferred before, do they make a play to go somewhere else to try to cash in on a bigger NIL check or just to change the scenery because they're not, you know, they don't, you know, you know, they're not happy here. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe nobody leaves, but, but like, it's something you have to sure. monitor for the next four days. Well, coaches are getting coaches are heading home. And and that's what they're worried about. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you're, you're not going home to bask in the glow. You're going to spend the next four days making sure your, your roster is good is in good shape. I tell you who. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now you want to get mixed up in the family business? Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And, and, and this is why you're hoping that he hits in transfer portal. A guy who got a lot better this year and became an integral part of their run game success. And I thought had a really solid day today was McCollin Castle oh, yeah. as a lead blocker. Holden Stays has got to be got to hit. Ethan Davis has got to grow mm-hmm. and become more physical. That H back role, the way they play Castle as an H back a lot, um, I thought was a big part of their run game success most of the year, but I thought he had a really nice close to 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 the season and I thought he played well in this bowl game. McCollin Castle's had a hell of a year. Um if Holden, you know, you want to grow on that. He wasn't perfect, especially at points in times of the beginning of the season. But he had a great year, AP. If, if Holden Stays can come in here and give you what McCallum Castles gave you and then build on that for a year to come, I mean, that that's huge. That's a home well, run. But Well, he said uh, after the game, he was talking to the media, and it was kind of after his time was done. And he, he said Holden Stays had asked him, like, how long does it, how long did it take you? Yeah. And he goes, till the end of spring practice where I felt comfortable. He goes, because the, 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 the tempo stuff is, if you're not used to it, and let's face it, Notre Dame is walking to the line like a snail. Like, it's going to be drastically different for Holden Stays, you know, when, when you know, he actually goes out there for a practice. So, um, you know, 
I'm with you guys. I think, you know, they'll miss him. That position is so important. Yeah. I mean, it is so important for what they do in the run game. It, it's it's a vital piece. They, they, they've got to need, find the answer there. And it's not just on stage. They're going to need Ethan Davis to take a big step. I mean, I'm looking at my Howard horse. He, he was a receiver in high school. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, like the blocking side of things is something that he's got to, yeah. you know, work on, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and they need him to, to have a real straight buy in because they need him to be 1A to 1B with holding stays. And, uh, but I mean, here we are again today. I mean, like they wrote 28 nothing, and uh, like I, I thought they missed some real opportunities for, to get guys in the football. Game. We saw Jalen Smith, we saw Christian Harrison, saw John Slaughter a little bit. Jordan Matthews played the last four minutes, yeah. but he should have played before then. Like Gabe Judy Lolly was out there when they were up twenty eight to nothing. Yeah. What are you doing, <laughs> Willie and, and Tim Banks? Like I mean, like and I would be frank with these guys to their face. Like this is not just me talking on a podcast. Like what the guy was done. You're the game was over. Like it's the fourth quarter. <laughs> what are you doing? They weren't scoring twenty eight points for the next forty eight hours. I mean, I mean you, it just wasn't gonna happen. I mean, like I just like I don't grasp it. Like Ethan Davis, like should have saw action. Before I don't even know if he got in the game. To he be did. He did. At I, the end, okay. I, I think a but, I mean, little. I, was going down the field, I think but. a little bit of the Ethan Davis thing was you were having such a hard time protecting yeah. that that you're needing and, a little and maybe extra that's, help. And, there, that, and that's fair. That, that they right? were worried a little bit about because you're still playing Nico at that moment and he was getting hit <laughs> quite a bit. I, and, and, I'm not saying that's right. I'm saying I think but that it's was fair. probably what you're saying is fair. Thought process that is fair. Um, but like, wh- look at running back. Jerry has worked in Cam Selden. Any moment he can during the season, like any time he can get him in, and he's got three running backs. Like for that position, yeah. like if you're going to a fourth guy, you know, I mean, like you know, so he's worked him in enough to like where you felt comfortable today out there, right? Um, BJ has worked in. I mean, Jalen Smith hadn't really played all year. He's out there today, and you know, it was still a, a quote a game. At it was that fourteen point. nothing. He was on yeah. the field when Jalen Pierce, Pierce yeah. sack <laughs> made the yeah. sack. I think. And, and, I think he was on the field. And, that's right because it was down here on the goal line. Again. Rodney plays the young D-linemen. B.J. plays the young linebackers. And what happened? Those positions are better for it. The secondary coaches have got to do better. Like, there's no rhyme or reason that you should be doing what you're doing. Like, that, that, that's maddening. And, and honestly, if I'm one of those parents of those young DBs, if I'm those young DBs in general, I'm not happy, man. Like, I mean, like, and, and, and that's a real point of contention for me because, again, it's not I expected them to start or play in the first quarter. You had Gabe Lolly and you had Jalen McCullough out there when you're up four touchdowns. Yeah. Like, that makes not any sense to me. Let's see on the offensive end real quick. Brent, you were playing Iowa. Iowa plays, you know, two tight ends, two receivers, two backs, you know, big boy football. Tennessee on a couple of occasions on fourth down, short yardage, came out eye formation. Came out two tight ends. Came out one time full house backfield. What do you think kind of went into that? I mean, we've seen Tennessee do a little bit of that. Some offset eye at points in times last year. We've seen them a little bit throughout the three years kind of get funky. But saw it a couple of times today. Eye formation, two tight ends, multiple backs in the backfield. I mean, what do you think kind of went into that? Uh, I mean, evaluation of, of your short yardage stuff when you did a self-scout at the end of the year maybe. I don't know. Does Nico feel better under center than Joe? Does? I don't know. I don't have any idea. I mean, I mean it's weird. Look, I mean, you know my stance on shotgun on on short yardage situations. So I'm not I'm not going to preach on that deal. I just I think you should do it more. Okay, I liked what they did there. 
Um, I, I think that's something that you, you need to look at always having in your ability mm-hmm. is in short yards. Now, there were a couple of times I thought Nico should have just sneaked because there was nobody over the center. I'm yeah. like, dude, you're going to get three yards without getting touched. You know, that should be kind of an automatic, you know, hit the center and the rear end and let's go type deal because Iowa did not have it covered up. You know, they, they didn't have Cooper covered up there. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's personnel. Maybe they felt like, um, you know, because Iowa didn't rotate a lot of personnel, they wouldn't necessarily go heavy there and they could do something. I, I don't have a good answer for that. But, you know, to their credit, Tennessee showed a nice wrinkle there. And I think that should that wrinkle should always be in your playbook um, and a part of what you do in short yardage situations. Defensively, I thought Elijah Herring had a really nice game. I thought perfect setup for him, though. This game, yeah. I said it on the pregame show. For, we for said it on two minutes. Yeah, drill. Like, the, the, the happiest guy in the locker room today was Elijah Herring when he came out because it's like you know what I got to worry about ball, baby. I got to worry about a slow tight end on a drag yep. at worst, or I'm just downhill in the box playing a run game, which is tailor made for me. Thought uh, this was a game for Elijah Simmons, and he flashes well. But obviously the guy I want to talk about, and we'll kind of end here in the next few minutes. And again, we've mentioned a couple of times. I mean, James Pierce was incredible. Responsible for two touchdowns. Had a pick six, of course. But he had the strip sack that set up the two-yard run, the third to- the third touchdown for Nico to go 21 nothing. I mean, he, he, is, he is dynamic, Brent. He is um, electric. He started the year off really strong. He ended the year off really strong. I mean, we're talking, if he can keep this up and even take another step, we're talking about an All-American next year. Well, I mean, he's the guy that... Well, he was borderline that this year. Yeah, right? yeah. If he hadn't slowed toward, towards the end of the year, you know? He's got to stay mentally locked in mm-hmm. all the time. Stay glued Contract in here. and go, right? And he needs to have a, another really good offseason. He needs, you know, and, and obviously you got to stay healthy and move forward. The thing about him that's unique is his ability to play in space at his size is not the most common thing in the world. He is not going to be, in my opinion, when you fit, when you see the scouting grade on him, and he'll be talked about this all season because underclassmen will be, you know, chatters about that, that, that he's not a one-trick pony. And I think that's the most fascinating thing about his game because he's not just a straight third-down edge speed rush guy. I, I think he's got more power than you think. He can play the run pretty decent. He can play obviously in open space as we saw today. He is a he's a different kind of cat that I think that everybody in the country is going to be in love with. He's got to stay locked in, focused to continue to grow and improve. But he's got unbelievable upside potential and talent. And he just he alters the game even when he doesn't get home. The mm-hmm. attention that he yeah. requires it's different. Yeah, it's different. It change. It makes everybody around him better. Mm-hmm. You know, because all of a sudden you know they're getting solo matchups. I like get. You know, next year in theory, hey, you know who made uh, Robert Mathis' career? Dwight Freeney. No doubt. Yeah, I mean, that's a good, and that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, I think again, we talk about it all the time. Shut down corners, right? Those guys are elite. That's what everybody's looking for. The other position on defense, everybody's looking for, is they want a difference maker off the edge. I mean, they, I mean, that's what they want. Quarterbacks, and he, and he can do it. Protect the quarterback. Yeah. guys that can get to the quarterback. Yep, and that's it. Everybody else is kind of just the same. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I just think that his – he just has so much upside. Now, you need Josephs to come with him. You, you need you need, you need Herring, Caleb Herring to have you a big him, spring. You know, Caleb Herring to, to come with him there and, and build and do some things. I mean, there, there's a lot of pieces there uh, to work with. Um, 
I think the one thing we learned from last year's bowl game is you just don't go too far on where somebody's going to be. But again, there's a lot of pieces on this team that if you can get some guys healthy and some guys can develop, they should be good in their front seven next year. Um, I like them athletically. I think Jordan Thomas is a really good football player. I really do. Got to keep him healthy. I mean, he's got to stay healthy. He's got to get bigger, stronger, and all those things. I think he's got a lot of good instincts back there and could be a really good, a really nice piece for them in the secondary. There's a lot of things to work with, which is an encouraging sign. You know, but both sides of the ball need to grow and need to improve in some key, some critical areas. Again, I will continue to reiterate, next year you're going to have a deeper secondary. Much like, you know. I don't know about that. I mean, you just lost seven guys. You were deep this year. You are almost too deep but, this year. But, you were but, too deep this year. But, Yes, but it meaning was, more than two players. What, what I'm saying is, a, it, okay, you're more talented in your depth. You're more athletic. That's in my your depth. point. Yeah. Okay, that's my point. It's like you're going to have, in theory, like the three soon to be sophomore or redshirt freshman corners, right? Got to keep see, see them keep building up. Jermod McCoy, you know, you you just referenced um, Jordan, Jordan Thomas. Jordan Thomas. Um, you, you obviously like the kid that you you brought in from from MTSU. Jacoby Thomas. Tennessee is going to to host the young man from Temple coming up uh, Wednesday, the third. He'll be in town. That's news, uh, you know. And so, like, I just feel like they're they're a see. I think like yeah, there was bodies. I mean, Tennessee's got a lot of bodies on the offensive line. Are they a deep offensive line? Like there was bodies in the secondary. Well, the, I wouldn't but, call but them the, a deep. But the difference secondary. is, I mean, Warren Burrell had started for four years. You're talking about bodies on the offensive line that have never played. Don't even turn it. Played they Burrell had. I mean, though, that was my point from the depth standpoint. Yeah, they were two or three deep there. Now, better again, quality. They're depth. more athletic. No, that's not a debate. They're definitely yeah. more athletic moving forward. Last thing, thirty seconds or less. Um, into year three, eight and four, not what you want to get that. But into year three, you have an 11 win season, an Orange Bowl victory. You have a nine win season. You win at the Citrus Bowl. It feels like, and I'm not saying Tennessee has arrived because clearly there's a long way to go in certain areas, recruiting, some development, all that type of stuff. But Tennessee's in a good spot, right, Brent? Well, I, I, you're, you feel like you're in a good spot because you got a quarterback for the future. Yeah. There's no discussion this offseason who your quarterback's going to be. None. Okay, you feel like you're in a good spot because your defensive front seven should be better next year than it was this year because you're bringing everybody back. And you and, know? and Arian Carter, T. Lander, right. they all should be a everybody. And, and, and Caleb Herring should step in and be better. And Hobbs should be better. And you're going to get Weathersby. And so my, my point, that's the one they're all. So my point being, <laughs> you feel good there. You feel good about the quarterback. The question I've got with this team this offseason: Can they fix pass protection? Okay, mm-hmm. can they improve that? I think they're going to be able to run the football because they've always been able to run the football, no matter who the offensive line seems to be. Can they pass protect? And where are the skill guys who are the scary guys? Who are the guys at the skill position on offense outside of Dylan Sampson that teams are going to go, wait a minute, we got a problem defending him? Because right now I don't feel like there's anybody at that, that receiver spot that scares a defense. That's a concern yeah, I have with this they're, team. They're, I think, you know, that's a lot longer we, than thirty seconds. We, we have, we have, and, and we took a big dump on the old lines pass protection, and rightfully so. They weren't very good, but I, I think too part of the problem is the fact that 
Tennessee isn't really scary at wide receiver. They're, they like the, the, the receivers they do have don't get great separation. There's no game changers. So thus, when you factor all that in, it's taking longer to get open. Second, when, when you factor in longer to get open and it, you're not as good at pass protection, that window of time for Nico slows or it, it, it shrinks. So that means it's a, even a split second faster, split second faster. So like, I think, you know, Mike Matthews, Braylon Staley, Chris Brazel, Bruce back, um, you know, um, potentially, you know, we'll see, probably hear something, in, you know, here not too long, you know, distant future. Um, you know, I, I, I think there's, there's potential there for them to look different on offense in spring and into fall because I do think the, the playmakers at receiver, we talk about quality depth. I think the quality depth at receiver is better. In 24. And the last thing I'll leave you with this is the one takeaway, one other takeaway from this game that I don't know anybody's talk or going to talk about. They played fast at times, mm-hmm. and that tempo will help those skill guys because you can scheme up some guys open in tempo because the defense is confused, their 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 tongues are dragging. You know, they're they're trying to get a call. The next thing you go, I like the fact that they showed some quick, fast tempo. I think they're going to get back to that with Nico leading the charge. It was ugly at times, just like Iowa makes it. There was a lot of sacks. Tennessee had sacks. Tennessee gave up sacks. There was a ton of punts. But Tennessee absolutely dominates Iowa in the Cheez-It Citra Bowl. Final score, 35 to nothing, finishing the 2023 season with a 9-4 and record. And the start of the Nico era starts off with a bang. Four total touchdowns for the former number one overall prospect and the five-star quarterback. We'll continue to break down this matchup all night long, all tomorrow, everything and more over VolQuest.com. For Brent Hubs, Austin Price, I'm Eric Kane. This has been your post-game mini-pod and your VolQuest podcast. Big thank you to Exterior Home Solutions for making this coverage possible. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.